Ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the WrestleCast with Shozy, the only pro wrestling podcast out of Middle East. I am your host, Shozy, and joining me today all the way from Merrill Beach, Florida, is the owner and promoter of Ignite Wrestling, Kim Artlip. Hey, thank you for having me come on. I'm really excited about this. This is a huge new audience. It definitely is, and it's great to have you on. How are you doing, Kim? I'm doing great. It's very warm down here, and I just came from the beach. Our audience can relate to that here in the Middle East, where it's always warm. A bit of cold weather would really do it for us. Now, before we go on and start the episode, here's a fun fact about Kim. She is a TEDx speaker and a former radio host who made the jump into pro wrestling by starting Ignite Wrestling and now promotes shows all around the country and is based out of Florida, where they hold quarterly shows. So just to get us started off with that, why don't you tell us why you chose to get into pro wrestling and what really got you into the business? I've been a longtime fan, and from my earliest memories, I watched the WWE and the WWF. My dad took me to my first show when I was five years old, and I wanted to be a wrestler. That was my goal. I wanted to be Wendy Richter. I wanted to be in Madison Square Garden holding the belt up and beating Fabulous Moolah. But life got in the way, and I have a son. My son will be 37 in January, which kind of gives you an idea how old I am and marriage and everything. And I never really got to chase my dreams. So when the thought of owning a company entered my head, I asked my husband what he thought. And he was like, go for it. If that's what you want to do, whatever makes you happy. And it's going to be five years in January that I've been doing this. And it's the best decision I've ever made. That's quite a story. And by going through the website and the social media pages, having the watch of a few matches on the Ignite YouTube page. I can say that I already love this promotion. I love the matches that it's put up and the superstars it has on the roster. Now that we've spoken about how you've gotten into wrestling, are there any idols that you wanted to portray? Should you have had the opportunity to become a pro wrestler? A lot of people wanted me to do an imitation of Vicky Guerrero or Stephanie McMahon and be a character. And I didn't want to be a heel. I never wanted to be a heel character and scream in the ring. I wanted to be known as more of a business owner. I wanted to be the the CEO and the promoter more than anything. Years ago, I talked to Stan Hansen, who is by far my favorite wrestler of all time. And he told me that if I wanted to be in wrestling, I would find a way. And I was 19 at the time. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to be a wrestler, but I never dreamed at 51 that I would be starting a company. But it's kind of one of those things where you find your path. It may not be the path that you wanted. I've had the opportunity to work with Teddy Long from SmackDown. And the ability to set matches and to shock the fans is one of the things I love about being a promoter. And I've got some very interestingly crazy matches coming up in January that I haven't actually released the info on it's going to be something that we've never done before well i'm definitely looking forward to that and by the sounds of what you're saying you pretty much wanted to have a role like what vince mcmahon currently has in the wwe kind of behind the scenes having a look around at everything and just making sure that everything's in order and putting up the best shows possible 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm more of the face when we go to business events and networking and in the community and on television. I'm kind of the voice in the face of it. Not so much in the ring. And to be honest, I really have a hard time getting into the ring. It's not as easy as it looked jumping up in there. And if there's no steps, I have to stand at ringside and it's kind of embarrassing. Oh, definitely. I'll second that. It's not easy getting into the ring, let alone training for the sport. And personally, training sessions, I hate them on certain days and I love them on others, but it's never too late to get in. And I don't believe there's per se in the wrestling industry where you can tell someone, hey, it's too late for you to actually get into this business because DDP was in his 30s when he started off and he turned out to be an absolute legend. And he's still going with it. You as a promoter got into it pretty late and it's going really well for you with Ignite. So it's never too late in wrestling. Just go for the opportunity, as I like to say. Yeah, a lot of people think you have an expiration date. And DDP was 35 before he ever walked into a training school for the first time. I'm a huge DDP fan. Love his yoga. Just, I love Diamond Dallas Page. And being a business major and coming from a business background, I think I have an advantage over a lot of the guys that are wrestlers that start companies because they have no background in marketing and social media. They don't know how to edit videos. They really don't know how to work with a budget because they've only been performers. And I think I have a huge advantage over a lot of these guys. Definitely. Just to be able to contribute in different ways other than just in the ring really goes a long way as well for performers as well as promoters. And that's great to hear that you're giving everyone the opportunity to learn from that as well. But just one question, you said you're pretty much the face when it comes to TV negotiations and everything to do with talking to different brands. I've always wondered how negotiations go with TV companies when they're dealing with a wrestling company. Is it like, hey, if you don't give me this deal, I'm going to choke slam you through this table. I'm going to tombstone <laughs> you through this table. How does that go? I know some moves. You'd be surprised at these guys. Have talked about. <laughs> and I, I can run the ropes and I can take a bump. Now, a lot of the networks that we're on, like we're going on to Amazon Prime, we're on Fire TV, we're on Roku. Those are more self-service. I really didn't have to negotiate. I am in talks talking to a couple television networks, but it's more of us presenting our media package than anything to show our production quality. So it doesn't really matter who's doing the talking. It's the product that actually does the talking, not so much the person. Let's speak more about the product. COVID-19, the entire pandemic has hit the world really hard and it's set everything back miles. How is Ignite coping with the pandemic? What's going on? How have you been managing to put up shows? And what do you plan to do after everything gets onto a much better level? Our last show was in January of 2020, so we canceled our May and September shows because our venue was not allowed to be open. We couldn't have a capacity. I really didn't want to run a show with a capacity of 50 people in the building when we were 27 of them. By the time you got the venue people and us, we'd have like eight fans sitting there. So what we did as a company was I focused on the videos that we already had on our products, expanding us out into different markets. We joined Powered 4 TV out of the UK. We're on Universal Fight Network, which is Australia, India, a little bit of Asia. So I've worked really hard during the pandemic to increase our social media presence to make new connections and repackage and rebrand what we had because people were so hungry for something to watch. 
uh, we were releasing a lot of our videos as singles matches and people were just eating it up, especially the women's matches. By far, people cannot get enough of the women's matches. Well, absolutely. Wrestling during this time has been, for many people, a go-to source of entertainment. And not being able to have many wrestling shows or them having to push back their shows or pay-per-views has really caused a little bit of a tumble in the sense of our entertainment for wrestling fans. But it's good to see that everyone's kind of bouncing back now. They're thinking of the future and they're already able to put up so many great shows over the past few months. So right now, are you guys doing something like WWE where they put up their shows at the Performance Center or like they're doing with the Thunderdome now? Do you plan to do that? Are you already doing that? What we're going to do is we're going to run January 23rd. We're going to be at our normal venue. It's a warehouse brewery. So we're going to be at the brewery, a lot of ventilation there, but we're going to be socially distancing with masks and infrared thermometers and a lot of protocols in place. But we will be taping that show, and that show will be able to come back again in May. It really depends on what happens with this pandemic. I don't know how much you guys over there are following, but we're having a resurgence in infections here, and we're hoping that we don't go back into another lockdown. My biggest fear is being locked down again. Yeah, lockdown is going to, again, set everything back a long way. So make sure that you're following all COVID guidelines. Make sure you're wearing a mask and being socially distanced. Just be safe and do your part and let's end the pandemic. Now, let's move on to the part where you had to go out there and scout for talent. And I can imagine that this wasn't an easy process by any means. Starting a new promotion, then trying to bring in new talent from different promotions or signing up new talent that's just coming up onto the scene. How do you manage to bring in that talent? A lot of our talent was recommended to me by Lince Dorado from the WWE. He actually was with our company for the first, I would say, eight months before he signed with the WWE. So... Between Lince Dorado and Serpentico, who is a trainer at Team 3D, the Dudley Boys School, and there were a couple other training schools, I had so many people that were reaching out because people were excited to see a new company that was doing things slightly different. And we're in an area that doesn't normally have wrestling, so we kind of had a void to fill there. But I've had people from all over the United States. I've had people from the UK. I've had Australian wrestlers who happen to be in the U.S., and in Florida that have reached out to us. So we're pretty open to having different wrestlers. And we even had a Japanese wrestler make his U.S. debut through one of the training schools. So getting those relationships with the training schools, like the Dory Funk School, the Dudley Boys School, Jay Lethal School, reaching out to them and having, having a good relationship has been really key to us finding really well-trained talent. Oh, absolutely. Relationships, bringing in new talent, that goes together really well. And it's really important that you have that starting up as a new promotion in this industry. And by the looks of it, the talent that has been a part of your roster or just been on shows of yours have gone a very long way. Some of them a part of TNT or AEW right now, or some of them appearing on WWE TV. Just to name a couple of superstars, Lacey Lane, now known as Caden on NXT and Santana Garrett, were both part of Ignite Wrestling, and now they're part of NXT. 
How does that make you feel that these wrestlers who were once part of Ignite or appeared on Ignite are finally on the bigger stages and your promotion is kind of acting as a stepping stone onto the bigger picture? It's kind of heartbreaking to see some of them move on because I would love to have done more with them and I had matches in mind I'd love to have seen. Santana and Lacey are fantastic. I met Santana and Lacey through Lince Dorado and from Serpenico who's now on AEW, Kylan King, Skylar Moore, all of those guys that have moved up. And it always was a goal of mine that we would be a company that people would look to appear at on their way up to a larger platform. And Calvin Tankman, who just recently signed, he was with us. Uh, Danny Birch from the UK that's in NXT, he was Martin Stone for us. So having these people be a part of us kind of, I think, cements our legacy as a company that's putting out a quality product. Oh, definitely. And I can back that up by the matches I've seen, the talent I've seen on the roster. Absolutely amazing. And you really have the opportunity right now with Ignite to bring it up onto the bigger scenes of the indies where it can match with Ring of Honor and a bunch of other brands and just become another bigger part of the indies how do you plan on taking that next big step into the rest of the world? I wish I had their money. That would be amazing. <laughs> we will never be Ring of Honor. We will never be those guys. I'm not going to pretend to try to be those guys. I want to be the best that I can be without ruining what we do. We want to always be a fun place for the guys. We want to have a fun locker room. We want the fans to enjoy themselves. But honestly, the number one thing for me is I want to create memories. I want children to remember the first time they saw a guy flip through the air or the first time they saw somebody take a beating and come back and win. I want to be part of that thing in wrestling that you only have that feeling one time. And I want that to be something that I'm a part of. Oh, definitely. I can understand that feeling and emotion behind it. Because for me, many of the first matches I watched was back in the Attitude Era when Triple H and Undertaker were going at it, when the Brothers of Destruction were taking over, they were doing their own thing. And it was just a joy to watch it during that time. So I can definitely understand what you're going for and what you aim to be. But at this time, do you feel that you're ready to go on full swing once everything is back to normal and opens up again? I am so anxious to get back to doing live shows. You know, we've got our anniversary show in January, but in May we're going to create our women's tag team division. So that's a whole new level for us because there really aren't women's tag team titles in the Indies. Uh, very few and far between. So being able to do that and offer that and given women a bigger stage is one of my goals that I've been working toward. We don't see enough of the really fantastic female performers out there. For the longest time, women's matches were kind of like a bathroom break match. Nobody took them seriously, but we're going to shake things up and we're going to do a lot more intergender matches. We're going to put the girls in there against the guys and let them dominate. If you've seen the Wasteland Warriors are coming, her name is Max. She is a U.S.-ranked powerlifter. I watched her deadlift 420 pounds the other day. Whoa. This girl is a monster, and 
I cannot wait to see her in a ring throwing the guys around like rag dolls. That's going to just be the best afternoon for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely great to see that the women are really being pushed during this time and have finally been able to get rid of that stereotype and are finally stepping up in the industry, getting their own platform, getting their own tag team division and getting their own really good storylines that can go up and turn into huge shows. So I'm really glad to hear that there are women's tag team titles, divisions, all getting ready to go after everything's back to normal. I'm just going to backtrack here. 420 pounds deadlift. Deadlift. I look for, I think she's King and Paler. And I think her Twitter name is, her name is Max. But I watched the video on Twitter yesterday. It was, maybe it was 410. I know it's over 400, between 400 and 420. Because I was watching her do 400 pounds. And then I saw her do a personal record. And I was like, I'm not going to make her mad or whatever she wants to be paid. She's getting, I'm not saying a word. (laughs) (laughs) I have a bad back. I can maybe deadlift 200, but nowhere near 400. I'm more of a cardio guy, so I, I yeah. like to stick to cardio, not really weights most of the time. But wow, that's still running in my mind. It's going to stay there for a while. <laughs> so right now, there have been quite a few rumors going around that promotions want to have limited capacity live crowds again. And obviously, they're saying that we're going to be taking all the necessary measures and following guidelines based on COVID. I can already see you shaking your head. (laughs) How do you think this is going to end up? As a promoter, do you think this is the right move to make at this time? I think it's the right move to make, but what I'm seeing in videos coming out of some of these crappy little shows that people are putting on, I see a lot of them social distancing, and I will say that. I've seen them on football fields and soccer fields, all spread out. But then I also saw a video um, this past weekend. There was maybe 100 people, 200, shoulder to shoulder, not a single mask. And it just made me ill watching it. I don't look forward to the conversation I'm going to be having if I require a mask and people refuse because I'm going to spend two hours marching people out the door because I'm not going to tolerate it. I couldn't live with myself if someone gets sick and died. So it's going to be my way or the highway. You either do what I say or you just don't attend the event. There have been a lot of questions going around at this time of people saying that superstars aren't really happy with how they're being used or how they're being asked to risk their health and safety to perform at certain shows or be part of certain storylines. What's your take on that? How are you managing that? And how are you kind of dividing all your talent to use them shows? We actually had the opportunity to run around this time period and I didn't want to make the decision by myself so I talked to most of the roster that was going to be on the current show and they simply didn't want to be there they did not feel safe they weren't secure with people following the guidelines at this point we talked it over and we just didn't feel it was safe January gave us four four and a half months to see if we could get a handle on stuff. We just couldn't do it and be comfortable about it because of where we run at. Now, if I had a close set and everything that some companies can do, 
might be a different conversation, but still, no. Not where and how I run. I can't do it safely at this point. Absolutely. The safety of talent right now, and everyone's really important. No talent, no show. So best to be able to do your part wherever you can. Keep them safe. And are you scouting any new talent? Are there any surprises that we should expect? Anything that you can tell us about right now? Well, like I just said, I have to look. I have it right down here real quick. I do have the Wasteland Warriors coming. Leon Scott's worked for me before, but Max is new. And I am going to debut her. And I've got a lot of people that are returning that we haven't seen in several years that are going to be coming back. Our former women's champion, the Gymnasty Boys. If you're into the Florida Indies, everybody knows the Gymnasty Boys. Timmy Lou and White Mike, we're working on it. I'm taking over the booking part as well as promoting. So I'm in the process of really researching a lot of people that I probably wouldn't have even considered that I'm looking to bring in, especially female talent. But we've had a huge response to going out into the wrestling groups and asking people who they'd like to see, who would like to travel. We coordinate with another company so we can kind of share talent. We're several hours apart, but we have no problem pulling our resources to get people down. Awesome. That's good to hear. Looking's going well. New talent to be expected. How would you say that everything is working out for your current champions? They're kind of in lockdown this entire time. They don't really have any storylines currently going on. How are they keeping the vibe alive of them being the champions and really getting themselves out there again to hype up the crowds? Our female champion, Casey Lennox, she is very active on social media. She's been doing a lot of photo shoots with our Belle. Dream Girl Ellie, who's our number one contender, has been doing a little trash talking. We're trying to keep the story alive and just do some little comments like on Twitter and, and Instagram back and forth. But in the next couple of weeks, you'll see us doing more. Our men's champion was supposed to face Serpentico, but Serpentico's kind of busy over at AWE right now, main eventing. I feel sorry for him having to do the main event against Chris Jericho recently. Poor guy. But he's going to do an open challenge for his title. So that's going to be coming. Our tag team champions, they're kind of quiet. They're very mellow. We're still three months out. So we'll see a little ramp up. They're working out. They're training. They're in the gym. They're staying healthy. They're staying safe. They're ready. They're so ready to come back. But our agreement was we won't come back until everybody's comfortable. That's great to hear, and I look forward to these storylines, these feuds. Finally, moving on to the last bit of our episode here. It's not easy starting up a promotion. The work behind the scenes is really tough. I can imagine that. And it's not easy going through the entire process with so many people. Obviously, I'm sure that have doubted you or just told you to take a step back and rethink your ideas. But what would you say to people who plan on opening their own promotions? They want to take that step or are currently open but don't know how to take it further? I would say do your research and talk to people that are doing it right. I spent nearly a year planning this before I actually had a show talking to people and sitting down with like Lindsay Dorado invited me to his house and we talked for like two hours. Look at what people are doing that are doing it right. Look at what people are doing that makes you uncomfortable and decide what kind of company you want to be. That's the biggest problem I see is people don't really know what their identity is. 
and they're changing logos and are changing the name and they're changing the taglines and it's very confusing to the fans. Like in any business, make a plan first and figure out exactly what you're going to need, exactly how much it's going to cost and who's going to help you and I can't stress research. Absolutely. Do your research. Make sure you know what you're going for, what you aim to be as a promotion. And I can imagine you had your fair share of challenges and bumps on the road. Why don't you tell us what they were and how you managed to overcome them? Just to give the listeners perspective on what to expect and how they can potentially overcome the same challenges. Being a woman, I had a lot of people that thought that I was doing it just to get close to men. And I'm very happily married, by the way. So yeah, it has nothing to do with being around young guys. Because I was doing things differently, I got a lot of criticism. And you can't take things personally. And you have to develop a thicker skin. And I think being older and having been in business before and having dealt with people that are jerks and dealt with social media that I didn't take everything to heart because most companies don't last more than two or three shows that start. If they last a year, it's a miracle. And we're going into our 20th show now, five years. So if you take it too seriously, you're not going to get out alive. I think that's how the phrase goes. It's kind of troubling and sad to hear that a lot of people will either step in your way to not really let you reach the next step in the business or will just undermine you every step of the way. But in the end, it's up to you on how you manage to get through those challenges and really come out on top in the end. And that's all that matters. The final goal, the final destination of where you go to and get to today is what matters the most. And Ignite's doing absolutely amazing right now. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find Ignite? All of our social media is at Ignite Wrestling. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. We're on YouTube, Roku TV, Fire TV, Powered 4 TV, Pivot Share, and Independent Wrestling TV. We're going to have more stuff coming up also on Amazon. I know we're going to be on Amazon UK with our recent shows on Amazon Prime. So I don't know if that's available over there, but we are working on getting a lot of our closed captioning translated into different languages so we can get into to new markets. We're going to have a little game called Feud Manager Tag. So I'm going to read out the names of either individual superstars or tag teams and you're going to have to say whether you'd feud with them, manage them, or tag with them. Alright, so the first name, the Brothers of Destruction. Oh, I'd feud with them. <laughs> that would be a feud. Why would you choose to feud with them? Because they cut great promos. Their reactions are priceless, so that would be a good pop for the crowd. I'm going to sway off this really quick. What is your favorite Undertaker gimmick? A biker Undertaker. The American Badass. Personal American favorite. Badass Undertaker. That was my favorite of the Undertakers. Personal favorite of mine as well. All right, let's move on. The Hardy Boys and Lita. Oh, I'd tag with them. I got Jeff Hardy socks. I've met them. I've seen them in action. Lita and I, we could do a four-way tag. I think I could drop the elbow pretty good. <laughs> Seamus and Cesaro, the bar. Oh, I'd manage them. Cesaro is 
one of the most underutilized guys in the world. The guy's fantastic. And Seamus, I would fix his hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. The ultimate warrior. I'd feud with him. Definitely feud with him. I would be a heel. I'd have to be a heel. And going back, taking a deep dive into the past, Bruno Sammartino. Oh, I'd manage Bruno. That was the first match I ever saw. Bruno in his prime. Awesome. Sting. I'd tag with Sting. I would tag with Sting against Hogan and Randy Savage in their prime. DX. I would have to tag with those guys. Yeah, I would definitely tag with them. Asuka. I'd like to manage Asuka. I think that would be cool. I love her. She's so cool. She definitely is, but I think learning Japanese and cutting promos would come oh, with in the job description. Watch her YouTube channel when she does food. It is fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely love Asuka as well. Great champion. The Heart Dynasty. I'd have to feud with him. I can't stand the Heart Dynasty. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're so full of themselves, except for Owen. Owen would come over to my side. The rest of them, no. John Cena. I'd have to feud with him if I could see him. What's your favorite giving of John Cena? I liked John Cena when he rapped. That would be the doctor of Thugonomics. Yes. The doctor Thugonomics, yes. <laughs> uh, I liked him back then. He was a little edgier. His current gimmick, no. I liked when he had more of an edge. I'd say my favorite appearances out of so many was when he returned and the gimmick at WrestleMania against Elias a few years ago. Current WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. I would have to feud with him. I don't like him. Sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Drew McIntyre. I'm not a fan. I just, I'm, no. Well, feuding with Drew McIntyre comes with a one-way ticket to Claymore Country. I'm managing Cesaro and, and Sheamus. They would help me out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Not feuding with him. I'd have to tag with him. I think I'd definitely have to tag with him. I kind of feud with him to see what the entire sacrifice and disciple thing is really about. I'm afraid if I feuded with him that he'd beat me with a kendo stick. No, put me through a table. No, I'm not going through a table. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got to draw my limit. That's why I'm buddies with the Hardys. I don't want to go through a table with them either. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite guys, Eddie Guerrero. I would manage Eddie Guerrero and tag with him. I would be his mamacita. <laughs> I absolutely love them, everything he did in the ring. Trish Stratus. I would tag with Trish Stratus, definitely. She's phenomenal. In her prime, there was nobody better. Definitely. And the last one, the boss man himself, Vince McMahon. Oh, gosh. And I would have to feud, and I'd shave his head. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd shave his head and take over his company, and me and Stephanie would rule the world. <laughs> that would be a fun sight the second time around. With that, this brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for being on, Kim. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you and be able to speak with you. Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners? Just thank you for the opportunity to talk to you. Check out our product, and above all, be safe, be happy, and enjoy indie wrestling. Absolutely. Enjoy wrestling. And give it a go if you really want to go into that department. Thank you to the listeners for coming this far with us. Thank you for all the support that you've given us. If you want to catch up with any other episodes that 
are out there, make sure you check out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, and a bunch of other podcast streaming platforms. Search for The WrestleCast with Shozy, and you will have more results to go off of on Google. Make sure you follow at Real Wrestle Dude on Twitter, The WrestleGram on Instagram, and The Wrestling Dude on YouTube if you want to catch up and watch a few meet group videos with the superstars. That's been all from the WrestleCast today. I've been Shozy, and until next time.